All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Cratchler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, and creator, founder of not only just a live TV, but also the Women Supporting Women Can Network. Today's sponsor is the Women Supporting Women Network. And the reason why is because we as women need to stick together. We need to support each other. We need to build community surrounding women supporting women. So go and check that out. Join the Facebook group. Link in the description. Um, shortly, we're going to be opening up a members only area where you can learn from other women supporting women. So uh, follow all that. Anyway, um, I'm going to hand it over to our guest speakers today, and we have two super exciting. Um, for our episode today, Mothers Put Yourself First. So, Allegra and Natasha, would you like to say hello? Yes. Hi, I'm Allegra Ramos, and Natasha and I together are Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. I don't know if you want to say something, Natasha, before we get into our story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're moms and entrepreneurs, so we're we're, we're your niche, Melissa. <laughs> Yes. And our mission with Beyond Your Wildest Dreams is to help moms and caregivers empower themselves so they can prioritize themselves, save time and accomplish their goals. And we do this through actionable, accessible, science-backed content. Love it. So just a little bit about me. Uh, I am a mom and an entrepreneur on my own. Natasha and I both have our own businesses, but Beyond Your Wildest Dreams or BYWD is something that we do together. And BYWD was born out of something that happened about, I guess it's eight years ago now. I was at a point in my life where I felt like I was doing some things really well. And those things tended to be business and professional and finance things and personal and health things I felt like were not going as well. And I've always been a planner. I love physical paper planners and I love coming up with plans and executing on them and, you know, highlighting things when I'm done with them. But when I went uh, eight years ago, I actually went on a self-guided retreat for three days to a monastery as one does. <laughs> and I was determined to figure out why I was having success in some areas of my life and not others. And the big aha was I come up with plans in the professional financial sides and I execute on them. But in my personal, my relationships, my health, I wasn't doing the same thing. And I think it's because these skills I learned, you know, maybe it's because I picked them up in business school or they just seemed very businessy to me. But when I started applying the same skills to my personal life, I really just saw a huge improvement in all areas of my life. And so about four years ago, I started informally coaching some family and friends on planning and why it works. And Natasha was one of those people. And originally I had had the idea to come up with a paper planner to do my own paper planner. but after five years of experimenting with a paper planner for myself, I realized there's no perfect planner. What's really important is the thought process behind planning so that you can be flexible enough to respond to whatever life throws your way, which is especially if you're a mom or caregiver, it's throwing you lots of curveballs. And I said to Natasha, I think this could be a philosophy, a, a course that we could teach people. And I'll let Natasha tell her own story. <laughs> And here we are. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was um, not prioritizing myself. I was a um, a mom and an entrepreneur. And I just felt like I was just keeping my head above the water, just barely, you know. And I see Allegra over there just like rocking out, doing tons of things that not only is she a mom, homeschooling mom, 
and running her businesses, but she also seemed to be really making traction on a lot of other things that were personally fulfilling for her that were like her own personal goals. And I'm like, how are you doing this? I'm a, a stay-at-home, work-from-home mom, you know, and I'm, you know, getting a lot done in my, in my business and I'm keeping my kids alive, you know, but like the little things that were the self-care for myself or things, ideas that I had come up with that I would wanted to pursue that just kept backburnering. So I asked Allegra how she did it. She started coaching me personally. And then as I was moving forward through this philosophy and things that we're talking about, um, we, we put our heads together. We're like, we cannot keep this to ourselves. <laughs> we got to <laughs> let other moms know, you know, what, what the secret sauce is that we're putting together. And it is a journey though, right? It's not like we've got it perfect, you know, figure perfectly figured out, you know, um, and, and she and I, we have different styles too. So, you know, it's a journey. There's not one formula. I think we're all perfectly imperfect. Um, and being able to acknowledge that and take that with us, especially as mothers and entrepreneurs, we take that with us. We, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you enjoy? What do you not enjoy? Right. And talking about the routines, there's routines for everybody. There's lists and check marks and you know, some people like a little bit more of a flexible routine or a relaxed routine. Some people like rigid routines. So finding what that balance looks like for each individual person is really going to make that shift. And it's amazing that you guys do that. So talking about mothers putting themselves first, um, I did a I did a quick TikTok right before we started, and it was one of the best things that you can do as a mom is put yourself first. So that's our topic today. What do you think about mothers putting themselves first? I know that in the pre-screening, we were talking about, you know, sacrificing ourselves on the <laughs> family altars, um, but that doesn't work. And that really doesn't have longevity. Yeah. Natasha and I like to joke that, you know, when you're on the airplane and the flight attendants tell you to put on your oxygen mask first, what they don't tell you is because if you are passed down the aisle, you're, no one else is getting helped. And it's the same thing with moms always putting their family first. Either they get to a point where they are mentally, emotionally, physically burnt out and they have nothing to give, right? So they're passed out in the aisle or putting other people first constantly can lead to resentment, which mm -hmm. I sometimes think is worse really than the physical or emotional burnt out because you don't want to resent people you love. Mm -hmm. But if you don't put yourself first, that is what I have found happens. And so we like to say that self-care is health care. And people have this preconceived notion about what self-care is. And a lot of times it revolves around pampering and spas and salons. However, there's some really interesting reframing in the medical community about self-care and there was an amazing article that came out in March. We've been saying self-care is healthcare for a long time, Natasha and I. But when we saw this article, we were like, yes, this article supports, you know, we love science. So we're always looking for science-based uh, information to back us up. And so like, for instance, what is self-care? According to Dr. Haley Perlis, self-care is taking necessary steps to ensure the well-being of oneself, tending to any emotional or physical health needs to the best of your ability. and the irony is that when you put yourself first, you show up better in all parts of your life. Yep, absolutely. 
and it's hard to do. It's challenging to do. There's a lot of cultural push towards doing that sacrificing of yourself on the altar of the family. Like there's just, there's a lot of like, you know, a virtue, a virtuous idea of, and that's not a new idea, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, but it's, it's completely unsustainable, especially the way things are structured culturally now where it's, it is really, it's, rare or difficult to have a single income family, right? Where the, then that, all that work that you, the mom, that invisible work and that unpaid work that mom used to do, um, is now coupled with outside of the, you know, work outside of the home and bringing in a paycheck as well as, you know, so like, and then there's nothing left for you, you know? So there's, and like Allegra said, then there's resentment and burnout and it feels somewhat, you know, sometimes there's like guilt involved with putting yourself first or, you know, it's not like you can say it, it's easy to say self-care and it's easy to some nice buzzwords to say prioritize yourself, but what does that actually look like? And to have it be enough in like the cultural lexicon where it does, it shifts from it being like a guilty pleasure to like, oh no, this is like, not only, this is necessary, like necessary, like, yeah, Vital. this is the first thing you should do, which is why we think that the best way to get self-care into your everyday life is with a morning ritual. Yeah. That's our suggested solution. Yeah. Um, you mentioned resentment, and that's a huge one that I love to talk about because um, look at anybody who works, you can grow up and say, oh, I want to be a dentist or I want, let's say I want to be a veterinarian. And you go and you go to school and you spend that time being a veterinarian and you start working as a veterinarian. And then, you know, whoever, you start a job, a career that you that you love and that you're excited to start and you're looking forward to it. And the first, the first six months to a year, even the first five years are great. And then all of a sudden you start hating going to work. You, you can't stand going to work. You can't stand the people that you work with. You're going home in a bad mood. That's the resentment. That's mm -hmm. and so when you are starting to, and we love, I love my kids. I have four children, three, three bio and a bonus, and I love them dearly, but I've taught them. This is my time, right? I love you, but this is my bubble. You know, my oldest daughter, they come up, mom can have a hug. You know what? Right now I need my bubble. I I'm not, I'm not physically. I don't want to be touched right now. I need my bubble or mom. Can you do this for me? No, not right now. I'm, you know, I'm doing what I need to do. I uh, give me five, 10 minutes. I'll come and help you. One of the things that I think parents or, you know, mothers, parents in general, but mothers particularly is that we're, we have to be at that backing call, right? We have to be there every step of the way. Oh, you need me to wipe your butt. Okay. I'll be there. <laughs> you need me to make you something to eat. Okay. I'll be there. My youngest daughter is horrible for coming in and going, mom, I'm hungry, mom, I'm hungry, mom, I'm hungry. And I'm like, just because you're home from school today doesn't mean I'm not working, right? Doesn't mean that I'm going to drop everything to feed you every half an hour because you're on a growth spurt, whatever that mm -hmm. looks like. And we start to resent them. We start to not want to do things with our kids or not want to do things with our partners, you know, not want to take them out and go to the park or anything like that because we're starving for what we need. Mm -hmm. And that resentment comes in huge resentment and then the guilt and the shame and the blame. And honestly, it's not because I wake up and you're talking about morning routines. I wake up, I play on my phone. 
I yell at the kids. Well, not yell at the kids, but I call, call across the room and I'm like, it's time to wake up. And then I text my oldest daughter who's, you know, bedroom is downstairs. And I'm like, are you awake? Yep. Okay, good. And then I'll play on my phone for the first like 10, 20 minutes. Then I get up, I get ready. I get them ready. I take them to school. I come home. That hour is my time. When I get home, it's me time. I don't take appointments. I don't, you know, somebody asked me today, well, could you do an early in appointment? And I'm like, nope, my day starts at 930. I am not available for anybody or anything between 830 and 930. That's me time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do whatever I want to do, whether that's watching TV, playing on my phone, cleaning, whatever I, I, I feel like doing in that moment. And that's that for me is self-care. Yeah. And everyone's rich morning ritual is different, right? Like mine does happen first thing in the morning. Natasha's is actually split up into two parts because that works better for her day. So we're going to have to drop off. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't tell people what should go into their morning ritual, nor how to structure it. We simply give people a framework to think about putting together a morning ritual and then some science-backed information regarding how to best turn that morning ritual into a habit because when something becomes a habit, it's much more likely to happen. I love reading about habit formation. It's one of my favorite things to do because the human brain is accosted with tens of thousands of decisions every day. And like 90% of them are done habitually, automatically. And so if you can reinforce habits that serve you, that help you live the life you want to live, then that's something you can take off your plate in terms of, oh, I have to go do that thing. No, because your brain's going to remind you to do that thing because it's a habit. And so that's what the rest of the book talks about really is about habit formation to help make it easier for you to implement your ritual. Yeah. Melissa, I love how you're talking about really guarding your time around the self-care and the, and your, and your time. In fact, um, Allegra and I did a, a, we do IG lives every Wednesday morning. And that was our topic today was guarding your time. So that, cause that is important. And, you know, you start making concessions like, okay, well, I'll, I will put this one appointment in. Right. And then next thing, you know, two weeks, maybe you do it again, or, you know, next thing, you know, you're, you're not, you really have not prioritized yourself, you know, and it becomes like Allegra was saying, it becomes a habit where it's just like, A, you're, you have to guard it at first and then afterwards, and then people around, you know, like, oh yeah, Melissa, you're not going to get her to her until night. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> people around you start to respect those boundaries. And it's super important that you have, that you guard that time um, and that you find those ways to charge, recharge yourself. Cause otherwise, like you said earlier, you'll be depleted to the point where you're just not going to be available in the way. And I know me, if I'm not, you know, if I, my, my tank's empty, like I'm quick to yell. I'm quick to be, you know, upset. I'm like, I'm already annoyed. Hey mom, what? You know, like <laughs> they haven't even asked me yet. You know, the kids do know if they ask me something in the morning, they're like, Hey mom, wait, have you had coffee yet? I'm like, no, <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> and I also want to address one fallacy that I hear frequently is that, oh, well, my family should know. My family should know that I need time to myself. My family should know that I'm not available. It's like, let's just put that aside. No one is a brain reader. My, no one's a mind reader, right? And if this is something you want, you need to look out for it. No one else is going to do self-care for you. Yeah. And what if you taught them? I love that you brought that up because what if you taught them as moms? Mm-hmm. And this is the huge part. I think people forget. 
as moms, as mothers, when your baby's born, you are literally at their back and call when they cry. Is it a hungry cry? Is it a change their diaper cry? What do they need, right? From the day they're born until they start start to be self-sufficient. And I say start because, oh my goodness, that takes a while. Um, But when they start to become self-sufficient, you're still in that mommy mode. You're still in the, oh my God, you cried. What do you need? Do you need this? Do you need that? Like you're on on helicopter pilot, right? Like you're, you, you got to be focused all the time on that kid. And that's not a bad thing, but you've taught them that once they start to notice my eight-year-old, soon to be nine-year-old is manipulative. And I know she's manipulative. And so I'll catch her because her dad still, like if, if she cries, he's like, she'll go to bed. I'm going to use this story. She'll go to bed and she has a lowered immune system. So she does get sick uh, a little bit more frequently, but she goes to bed. She's coughing. I give her cough medicine or whatever, you know, holistic, we have holistic medicine and non. So I'll give her the holistic medicine. She'll go to bed. She'll start coughing. My husband will go in there and my husband will go in there and my husband will go in there and my husband will go. And this goes on until like 2 a.m. until I'm finally woken up and I'm like, no, I go in there and I, I'm I'm more the gruff person. So I go in there and I go, no, I understand that you're coughing. I understand that it sucks. I understand that, it you know, if it hurts, if it's irritating, if you're having trouble sleeping, I get it. But you need to stop you've had what you, what, what we've can give you. I can't do anything else. It's time for you to go to bed, but she'll use it. Right. And when I go in there and give her that speech, she's done for the night. She will literally go to bed and I will not hear from her again until the morning. And if she, she learned that, that when she cries or whines or calls dad, doesn't matter how late into the morning it gets, he will come running. But if she gets mama, <laughs> mom's going to tell her, okay, I love you. I respect and I, and I validate that you're, you sucks right now, but you need to go back to sleep because it's not going to get any better. Right. Um, and, and then it's done. So they, they learn kids behaviors are learned. Um, I had a situation the other day and I, I, it relates and it doesn't relate, but again, learned behavior. I witnessed one of my daughter's classmates be racist to their teacher. And it was just like, what are we teaching our kids? My kid will come up and say, you know, mom, I need something. Uh, I understand that you're doing something. Can, Can you help me after? They respect my time. They respect my space. And they respect themselves because I've taught them how to do that. Right? Um, for all you mothers out there, if you're not putting yourselves first, if you're stressed, if you are overwhelmed, if you are burnt out and resentful, you're teaching your children that you're, you're continuing the cycle of, I have to put everybody else before me. I have to think of everybody else before me. Um, you know, forcing your kids to give hugs when they don't want to all of these things we're doing and we're, we're redoing that cycle. Teach them how you take care of yourself and say, you know, in order to go through life happy and healthy, you have to put yourself first. And instead yeah. of filling my cup and and taking out of my own cup, I we've had lots of guests on the show recently, and I'm sure you two will agree, is don't use your cup. Give from people from the overflow. 
right? Have a cup and saucer, like my little plant thing here, <laughs> right? Use the saucer. That's what you give everybody else. Keep your cup full. Nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah. And I once heard this really interesting story about uh, this person, this person, she was a business person and her adult son became really sick with a life-threatening illness. And she said the first thing she did was guard her self-care because she needed to be optimally healthy, optimally rested, optimally mentally stable so that she could help him. Yep. And it's, I know it's counterintuitive for our culture to think you will be a better mom if you put yourself first, but it's absolutely the truth. And I love what you said about teaching the kids to guard their own time. Like my, my child's an only child. And so she struggles when she has to spend a lot of time with other kids, such as like her cousins, where we'll, you know, either staying with them for a weekend or hanging out with them for eight hours. And I've said to her, I was like, look, it's fine for you to take time on your own. Mm-hmm. What you don't get to do is not come to the family event, but take a book, find a quiet space, recharge, do whatever you need to do in order to feel comfortable. You don't have to force yourself to hang out with us, but you do need to find a way to manage how you're going to interact with these people. And that's just a good life lesson, right? In general. So yeah, but that has to be taught. You know, we, some of us have these skills naturally, but most of us don't. And these little places for this, for this self-care, like, and, you know, we've been talking about prioritizing yourself and we've been talking about self-care and I just want to like, bring in like examples of that, meaning like, yes, self-care can be going and having a mani-pedi with a friend for sure. That's a type of self-care, right? But it's the everyday little self-care, like we were talking about being healthcare, but it can be small little things that you carve out for yourself. And it's great that you give yourself a whole hour after drop-off, right? Some parents don't have that ability, right? Because they do drop-off and then they go to their corporate job or something, right? So we are talking about just even carving out like a one minute segment in the morning for yourself where it's just, and this way you can like get a little wedge in there and then it goes two minutes, five minutes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And then suddenly maybe you're getting up a little earlier because you're feeling the benefits of that. And uh, I'll just use an example. Like I have, we have my pre-drop-off routine. And part of that has been now trying to get a stretch in, like just stretch my body. Right. And I'm doing it for one minute. That may not seem like a lot, but in that one minute, I'm really just getting present to like, Hey, this is my body. This one minute is my minute, right? It sounds, doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm saying, I'm saying this just because maybe your viewers or listeners are thinking there's no way I have time to create a morning ritual. I don't have time. I don't have an hour to, you know, I'm not, it doesn't have to be that it's you guard that minute is yours. And soon that minute will be two. I do it often in the hallway of the of our second story and not behind the closed door. I want my kids to see because I also would like for them to join me, but they're not interested. <laughs> my husband, however, also way less flexible than me has started, has started joining me and I want to do it in front of them. I want them to see me, me doing like, it's just a forward bend. It's not a, it's not complicated. I'm not, you know, doing, you know, down dogs and, and vinyasa flows. I'm not doing like major yoga routines. It's really very simple. And I want them to see, oh, mom's doing this thing where she takes care of herself. Right. And she's so trying to like, not keep it behind closed doors mm-hmm. that they see it, you know, and like you said, make sure that you carve out that space and be protective of it. Um, but I just want to let your listeners 
know that it can be a small incremental change. In fact, those small incremental changes really do stack up over the, over the course of 365 days, you know? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. And actually what Natasha is talking about is called the Kaizen way. So there's a lot of research backing this idea of just one minute wedge and then growing that wedge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have kids uh, doing the stretches, I love that you mentioned that something to think about is when you, your self-care time, your, your self-help time, that doesn't have to, you don't have to do it alone. So the fact that your husband's joining you, you want your kids to join you. If you have a young child and you want to do five minutes or one minute to five minutes of stretching, make it fun for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell them to touch their toes, right. right? Can you touch your nose? Can you touch your ears? Can you touch your knees? Right. Do the head. Do the song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? do, make it fun. Um, if you want to do the breathing technique, right? Tell your kids, Hey, I've got a countdown for you. And, you know, breathe in, do the box breathing five seconds in hold five seconds out hold. Right. Sorry. Yeah. My cat is absolutely back at it again, trying to get in my uh, room. So I apologize to anybody hearing her scratching and meowing. Um, there are also I- other fun things you can do, like these stickers that I purchased and I put them on all of our devices and our planners which is a box breathing sticker. You know, there's so many ways to make things fun. It doesn't have to be work. And if it's fun, you're more likely to do it. Yeah. Um, Bathroom time. So my kids are horrible. They're, they're, again, my kids range from age 21 and all of them are absolutely horrible for interrupting me while I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> mom, mom, no, <laughs> like this is me time. Of course, they have helped with my stigma of I, I have a bathroom issue with people in bathrooms. So um, <laughs> they definitely make me, um, what's the word I'm looking for, overcome that issue. But again, um, having snacks teaching your kids that you don't have to share all the time. There are specific snacks that are going to be for you. There's specific snacks for them. Um, There's so many things as we as mothers can teach our kids. But again, it all comes down to who are your children, right? Who are your children? Because if, and putting yourself first, I'm going to backtrack that and flip that because I said that the wrong way. Um, Being an identity coach myself, it's where we all have unique identities. And as a mother, I need to know who I am. And in knowing who I am, I can honor and respect myself while teaching my children to honor and respect who they are, right? Mm -hmm. Just because I want them to do something, maybe they're not going to do it my way. Maybe they're going to do it their own way. Maybe they're not going to have the same interests as I do. Uh, I was talking to my son today about, you know, when I die, sell all my shit, I don't care. (laughs) Pardon my language. But, you know, (laughs) because you're not going to have the sentimental ties to it that I do. And again, it's teaching them. I have my ways, you have your ways, how can we combine them and respect them and and acknowledge and honor them? Teaching your kids that putting yourself first starts with knowing who you are. Yeah. And it's modeling, right? You're modeling for them that that's important. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else you guys would like to add about you know, as a mom, putting yourself first. Uh, I would just add that I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that my morning ritual is what keeps me sane because 
there are all these things that I want to do, right? Like I want to remember to put on SPF. I want to make sure I'm drinking enough water. I want to take my supplements, especially because I'm in perimenopause and supplements go from being a nice to have to a must have. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that if I, before I had a morning ritual, if I did, if I didn't take my supplements, it was like, there was like a open window in my head, like supplements, 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 and then water, water, water. And then skincare, 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 and all these open tabs made it hard for me to focus on other things and were constantly distracting me. So my brain is so much quieter inserting those things. Again, going back to that prevention article, right? What I need to take care of myself, putting all those things into their own concise time frame means that the rest of the day, I'm, my brain is quiet and I'm focused. And that was a really wonderful unintended benefit. Yeah. I love that. Putting yourself first by getting, almost doing everything that you need to do, the chatter that would be in your head all the day, right? Like if you have a chore that you need to get done, and I know as mothers, we always have chores to do. I was going to curse there, but we always have chores to do. Um, getting, you know, those big ones out of your way right away so that you don't have to think about them for the rest of the day. You remove that chatter and that thoughts, right? So taking your water and your vitamins first thing in the morning. Absolutely. We did an episode on, episode on menopause and perimenopause yesterday. That was yesterday's episode. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. We're both about seven years into it. We're like, how does it last so long? I'm just starting. So yeah. But as long as I get to menopause at some point where I no longer have to worry about, you know, menstrual cycles and all of that fun stuff, I can't, I'm, I'm excited to get to that point. Yeah. Can't wait (laughs) (laughs) or do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing we want to say is that, so we do have this book, but we also have a free video series. It is three short videos. They're two minutes long. You get one each day. And that will help you get started on creating a morning ritual. We know not everyone like, some people like to watch things. Some people like to read. So we have, you know, we've tried to reduce the barriers to entry for you to get this information because we do think it's so vital for moms to know that they have the right to take care of themselves and they'll show up as even better moms when they do. Yeah. So if you, if you're more of a visual person, you go to our website bywdreams.com. You can sign up for that, that video series and you'll get an in, in your inbox for three days. You'll get a one minute video, um, excuse me, two minute video <laughs> um, for three days, just helping you set up all the things that we were talking about here, like getting that little wedge in there so that you can start making some self-care strides in self-care. Um, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, where do I even start? How can I start? That seems like such a tall order. You know, um, I think we've given enough uh, reasons in this, <laughs> in this stream that, you know, if you are not yet convinced that prioritizing yourself is important and will benefit you and your family, uh, there, we, there's more information out there about that, but you know, we highly recommend you go ahead and make a little wedge of time for yourself. Yeah. Putting yourself first definitely is important. All right. Well, that is our episode, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to reach out to Allegra and Natasha, please do so. Their links are in the description of this episode. Our sponsor today is the Women Supporting Women Network. Go and check them out. Join the Facebook group. Link in the description. Uh, Thank you, ladies, for your time. I really appreciated it. 
Thank, Thank you. Melissa. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.